Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. The Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall. You better than that. On Talk Sport. Uh, welcome to the Fight Night Extra podcast. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be in your company. Uh, and we are currently... And situated outside the T-Mobile Arena where the grand arrivals have just happened. And what that is, just in case you don't know, is where both fighters are welcomed to the arena that they will be fighting in come the weekend. Uh, and at the weekend, they will be in front of, uh, hopefully, a sellout packed crowd at the T-Mobile Arena here at Las Vegas where you are going to hear that all play out live on Talk Sports. Uh, with me, our commentator for the evening, Andy Clark. We've also got Gareth A. Davies alongside me as well. And I'll start with you, Gareth, actually, uh, because where we are currently sat, we're sat in the press bit just outside the T-Mobile Arena. The Gypsy King himself, Tyson Fury, is still talking to various members uh, of uh, the press row and the yep. YouTubers that uh, make plenty of content surrounding this fight. What did you make of what you just witnessed? Because if we're really honest, as grand arrivals go, I actually thought the event was a bit bizarre compared to what we experienced last time at the MGM for, for round two between these two oh, it gents. Was, it was raucous last time. It was it was uh, an absolute festival of noise. And there are no fans here today, which is unusual, but a big media turnout. So there was a subdued nature about it all. Um, I think both men were very impressive. Deontay Wilder's very serious. This is his defining moment. He had a little huddle with us all before he walked off. He says this is the defining moment of his career and maybe the defining moment of his of his life because he wants to fight for the undisputed title next against Alexander Usyk. He's made that absolutely clean and, and clear. And Tyson Fury is in jovial mood as he always is when he gets up on the stage. Being an entertainer, he didn't take it too seriously. Um, both men are saying they're going to go at it hammer and tongs. Um, like you say, we're, we're having a big fight here with Nevada, the governor of Nevada, making everyone wear masks, not encouraging people to go into big groups. And that's why we haven't got fans here today. Mm. They didn't really invite the fans in that sense. Mm. Um, Andy, what have you made of, of both guys that you've seen so far this week? Because... We, we got a wonderful day yesterday with Tyson Fury where he, he comes and speaks to the British media. You've already heard that as part of this Fight Night uh, podcast sequence. If you haven't, make sure you're subscribing because you'll, you'll get to hear Tyson Fury in, uh, 
in all his glory, so to speak. I say that because he did the interview in his, in his dressing gown. But Deontay Wilder's refused to have a day like that where he spends time with the media and he answers the questions that we've all got for him and we've got plenty. What have you made of that decision from him? I think it's slightly odd because the way he went about things today, I think if you're going to go down that route of not really giving your normal press day, then I would have expected him to have kind of carried that forward into today and have fully embraced that kind of siege mentality, that us-against-the-world kind of approach that people often take when they feel that somehow they've been wronged by people because that is how he feels with regard to, to us, doesn't he? That that we've ridiculed him a bit for the for the excuses that he came up with following the the second fight following the defeat and and I think honestly rightly so that, that he's been ridiculed for it because it's utterly absurd the things that he's come out with I think if you're going to go down that road then go down it all the way and today he came and he was he was he was very civil um, he was asked a difficult question by our man here Tim Witherspoon as to basically was he qualified to, to choose his new trainer? Um, did he have sufficient boxing knowledge to choose his own trainer? Which got his hackles up a little bit. But other than that, he was, he was quite relaxed. Kind of mixed messages, really. He cannot afford to have any mixed messages on Saturday. But we should be clear as well, Ed, Tim. Tim Witherspoon's joined us, of course. Um, that We should be clear as well that one of the reasons why he took umbrage with the British media is that he gave... Tyson Fury an opportunity to fight him when he came back from the wilderness and he was very upset about the fact that he was being denied his contractual rematch and that's hurt him as well I think that's uh, yeah and that is fair L listen I'm, I'm not going to get into uh, rematches and what have you my particular thoughts on on whether certain rematches should happen or not um, as you've just rightly said Tim Witherspoon has joined us and Tim you did tackle uh, Deontay Wilder when he uh, when he came to the stage what do you, what have you made of, first of all, Deontay's reaction to the loss last time, the way that he has responded uh, publicly, making the excuses uh, that he's made since uh, Tyson Fury took care of him last February. Okay, well, that showed me that he doesn't have a lot of experienced people around him to, to, to tell him to don't say things like this. You know, my, my, my management and trainer always told me, you know, certain things, certain things you say can make it even worse. So it made it worse to me for him to keep complaining like that. He should have just kept his mouth closed and trained real hard and just came back, you know. But but for him to go on like that made it really bad. So I don't think that um, um, I think that boxers should have credible people around them to help them decide what to say after the fights and before the fights when they're having interviews like we're doing now. So, well, because you might say something that really will make you look bad, so... But if he wins on Saturday night, Tim, all is forgiven. Yeah, but in the future, right? Okay, he win Friday, but he still might run into, run into um, um, brick walls down the line. There might be somebody else. Um, but maybe he has a mentality that he cannot accept a loss, and that is just his mentality. Talking about Dante Wilder. I am talking about Deontay Wilder. Okay, and if and if and if it, well, confidence in his trainer and his management, I don't think he really have it. He stated that he got a new trainer. Uh, uh, he's, he's he's got new people behind behind him. But um, we got to wait and see when he step into that ring. Exactly. Really, yeah. Exactly. We got to wait and see. You've been here, done it, got the T-shirt. 
um, and you have faced off against many a heavyweight in your career. What did you make of what you've just seen from both guys? They've not faced off. We saw them individually. We'll see a face-off later on in the week. But what did you make body language-wise? Are you reading anything at this stage early in fight week? Well, I think that Dante Wilder was really aggressive and really um, really uh, confident. And too. I think when I started questioning him about the trainer, it seemed like he backed off a little bit. You know, and I don't know why he, you know, it seemed like he backed off because I was asking him a real question. Um, um, so I kind of like, I kind of like think that um, um, it bothered him a little bit. I felt kind of bad, but I was asking him a real straight up question. How can he decide um, whether to, to get what kind of trainer to get when he really lacks skills? He don't know himself. The same, the same thing with um, Anthony Joshua. Joshua, he's saying things that he shouldn't be saying also. Lacks confidence. And he, he lacks confidence yeah. and he needs somebody to show him skills so he can speak like he's a king, speak like he's going to be champ, and have a lot of confidence, but he don't. And when he talk and everything, he don't have confidence. So he needs somebody to teach him some stuff so he know when he get in the ring, he's not going to get hit. The only way they're going to hit him unless he let him hit them. You know, that kind of confidence. So um, the, the management and promoters today... They're not living up to what they're supposed to be. My manager would have got rid of a trainer right straight and got to the problem right away. They're not doing that these days. They're thinking of big money, which is okay, but they're not really thinking about the boxer. Can I just drag us all back a tiny bit, given this is our first podcast of the week, off the first time the four of us are working together this week, and just say there's been four amazing trilogies in the history of the heavyweight division. Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, which yeah. is the one above all others. Muhammad Ali and Ken Norton, Ingemar Johansson and Floyd Patson. Okay. 14 rounds in okay. between those three. They were down like 14 times in those three fights. And the other one, uh, Riddick Bowe and Evander Holyfield, of course. In the history of the heavyweight division, when we look back on this week, it's a massive fight for the narrative of the division right now, isn't it? it it's is. a big, big moment for both of these men and for what's going to happen for all of us in the next couple of years. One thing that did come out of that, I mean, you, as, as, as I've said on several occasions, Deontay Wilder hasn't spoken to us in a one-on-one -on -one situation, which is, which is no. a shame. But you did get a little bit with him there, guys. Yeah. You, you managed to get off to the side. And one of the things that came out, you just talked about trilogies there, he confirmed that there will not be a fourth. Yeah, this is, this is it. This is the defining fight between them. The champion, no, they're not a fourth fight. And he said, no, I want to win the undisputed title. I want Alexander Usyk next. This is it with Tyson Fury. Oh, what an easy fight. What an easy fight. Usyk is an easy fight. It's an easy fight. For Don't, Wilder. Easy fight for Wilder. Easy fight for Tyson Fury. <laughs> and if Joshua get a trainer, it's going to be an easy fight for him. I'm telling you. I, I mean... <laughs> Put it on him, yeah? Yeah, there's just a certain things you have to do with these southpaws to make the job easier, you know? And this was going to happen. I've been putting out little feelings, letting Joshua know. I even try to contact him to let me help him a little bit. You know, um, and and um, um, and if he do, he'll he'll, he'll really. He'll, I think he really will, will do do it. But so you're making side money now, yeah? Oh me. <laughs> well, you know what? I even said to them, um, they don't even have to pay me. Just let me show him, and and I know they'll pay me later after he knocked Usyk out. 
Can you go into that, what you think he should do? Just to, just give us a tickle. Just so, give us a tickle of it. Okay, so real quick. When I was when I first started fighting, I was, and I was an amateur, I, when I went to the gym, there was a heavyweight named Randy Mack. He was a southpaw. They put me in with him every day for a long time. I was 20 years old. So I got a good idea about the, about the light heavyweights. But I didn't get, get it until I... I got the trainer Slim Robinson. So everybody think you're just supposed to put your left foot on there, on the outside of your lead, of your opponent's lead, throw right hands and left hook, but they don't realize that you're supposed to, once you slip to that side, you're supposed to go back and make them turn into your punches. See, you might not know what I'm talking about, but when you go on this side, you keep going and make them turn into your punches, into your punches, you know what I'm saying? And, and what I'm going to do, I got a YouTube channel, and if he don't ask me to help him, I'm going to show him on YouTube what he's supposed to be doing. And I'm going to show Yusef what he's supposed to be doing, and there's only one thing, that's stepping back. So it's, it's difficult to show you because you don't have a um, camera, and I yeah. got to get up and show you. So if, if Joshua slipped to the outside, he don't supposed to stay there. He was going to the back. He was keep going back and make his opponent turn right into his punches. Bottom line is it bottom that. bottom line is it a yeah. tiny adjustment? It's a tiny adjustment, but it make a big difference. Because mm. because I was taught it and it worked every time. You was going the back here instead of standing here throwing punches. You go you slip on this side and use your feet and go back and then you got to turn this way and then you getting hit with left hooks and everything. So, so there's a lot that he has to learn and to make the job easier. And I know how to do it. I know. Look yeah. at that. I think we're going to all learn a little bit this we week, aren't we? We're, we're working with we Mr. Witherspoon. Yeah. Absolutely. He wasn't doing it for this fight. He wasn't doing it, mm. and he wasn't drilling the right hand so the left hook could follow up. He wasn't throwing the left hook so the right could come. And the main thing, he was staying on the inside of Usyk's um, right hand. Tim Witherspoon's knocked out four people while he's been showing us that in the media rows here. Just, just, just one thing really quickly on, on what you were talking about, the trilogies, Gareth. It, it does stand up, this one, particularly if... Imagine if Wilder wins. We'll have had that epic, epic draw, yep. which really was just that. It was incredible. An unbelievable win by Fury. Yep. If Wilder manages to, to yep. equalise and make it 1-1, that, that three-fight trilogy, that will stand up alongside anything. They may fight again yeah, in right, a couple yeah. of years' time. You never know, because it... Um, great fights, epic fights, make for another one sometimes, whether they both want it or not right now. There's something about these two guys. We're going to be bringing you live on TalkSport at the weekend, so make sure you are with us throughout the whole course of the week. There'll be plenty more podcasts coming your way uh, as well. We have got um, a media day coming up tomorrow. Mr. Witherspoon's going to have a microphone in his mouth, and I'm telling you something, he's going to be going for them all. He'll be asking all the hard questions, and you'll be getting it here on TalkSport, so make sure you come back. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, via iTunes and via the TalkSport website. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah.